So if you have an engaging creative and you're targeting the right user, even if that user isn't looking for you at that moment, you're there to plant a seed. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 53. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. One of the things I got most excited about and then didn't do anything to learn it was YouTube ads. I really loved the idea of being able to take your advert and like sneak it onto somebody else's piece of content for your exact market. The great thing about it as well for me is that you can choose the context under which it's coming, which means it, you can choose the framing, which means they're already sort of warmed up as well. Mm. Hello, this is Rob and Kennedy Hello. from Response Suite. Very pleased to be here with another episode. We've got a smasher of a guest coming up. We really have Mr. Martinez himself. Yeah, you'll be pleased to know, unlike last week, it's not just going to be me and him prattling on for hours and hours and hours. What do you mean prattling on? By the way, thank you for everybody who's been leaving us so many fantastic reviews over on the various podcast players. means the absolute world to us. Absolute kudos to you. If you haven't already, by the way, you want to join us, you can do that by going over to responsibly.com slash iTunes or to your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much to every one of you. It really helps us spread the word about this. Mm. So Joe Martinez is a YouTube ads expert, a paid ads mm-hmm. expert in general, but I think he really specializes in YouTube ads. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's going to be talking about today. And he really knows his onions. He really when it knows comes he to does, video he does, ads. He really does. One of the things that I think a lot of us get so confused about is how do we select that audience stuff? What should we be doing in there? How long should the ads be? Like, there's a lot of those detailed questions we're really going to get into during this interview. Before we get into that, I want to go over to the all-important Rob's quote of the week. Yes, because as they say, around every corner, there's a whale wondering, where's the water? There you go. A little bit of food for thought for you today. I know that a lot of our listeners have been telling us, we've been talking to a lot of our, our listeners, and thanks for getting in touch, by the way. It's been lovely to hear from you. Uh, on all the social medias, which you can do at Response Suite on pretty much any of the platforms. And one of the things we've been hearing is that a lot of our listeners are high-ticket coaches. They have some kind of consult- consultancy business or something like that. If you're one of those people and you want to know how to design an application form that actually weeds out anybody who's not quite qualified for your coaching program, whichever level you're at with that, and actually encourages people to apply, we've put all the details of that together into one handy little PDF. Yeah, uh, we're going to tell you what questions to ask, how to ask them, the colors, the layout, all of that stuff. You can download it completely for free. Just head over to perfectapplicationform.com. Excellent stuff. And since we last spoke, well, we've been doing lots of really exciting stuff here at Response Suite. We've got a whole new bunch of integrations we just launched in everyone's Response Suite account. So all of Response Suite customers who are listeners as well, great news. You can go and check those things out. So go have a look inside. We've done a couple of things. We've actually changed the way the integrations interface works and made it a lot more intuitive. It was it's good so before, good, isn't it? but it was, it's much better now. And we're really, really happy with it, as well as those new integrations and the tagging integration features are better. And we're so excited about it. Yeah, this. it just basically means that every single person who completes one of your surveys, you can now tag them based on that exact answer that yeah. they gave. And now you can start a whole bunch of automations or follow-ups or whatever is most suitable for you. So it's absolutely massive and you're going to love it. So if you haven't already been in your response suite account recently, go check that stuff out. It's wildly good. Mm. All right, we should probably head over and speak to Joe. Joe, welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. This is awesome. I'm so excited because you're going to definitely have a radio voice, aren't you? I could. I don't know if I'll go full blown radio because you just got to be in that radio moment with you know all the <laughs> all the big 
all the big soundboards in front of me. Right now, I'm just at a laptop right now. So it's, it's just not the same as it used to be for me. Um, for our listeners and for everybody who doesn't know, Joe used to be a radio DJ playing hard rock music, which uh, we're going to get into like a little Spice bit. Girls. Like, yeah, like Spice Girls and Britney. Uh, just like that. Yep. Just, just mm-hmm. massive rock massive legends rock like anthems. that. All my favorites. <laughs> but, however, that was all in a previous life, wasn't it? And this, now we're going to be talking about YouTube and YouTube ads specifically. Now, this is a thing that we've never really delved into before. We've seen people running YouTube ad- ads, of course. If I see another one from Grammarly, I think I'm going to stop writing. <laughs> yes. Oh, go. Can we go through that list of who needs to stop? <laughs> <laughs> so... Here's a question. Why is YouTube such a great platform for online marketers to us to start running ads and driving traffic into our office? I mean, why YouTube? I'm going to turn around with another question. Answer your question with a question. Do you guys like free advertising? Okay. Yeah, the, the answer is yes. Because yeah, okay. We can, get a, we can get it consistently with YouTube ads. So if you run the TrueView in-stream ads, which are sometimes considered like the pre-roll ads, the video that shows before the video you actually want to see, the advertiser only gets charged if the user watches the whole video or they watch at least 30 seconds of it. So what? if someone... Yeah, exactly. And it's always been like that. And the reason is... There's about, and I, I might butcher this number, I went to a Google Partner Summit over a year ago and there was a stat like 400 hours of content is uploaded to YouTube every single minute. So there's, since there's so much video content on YouTube and the ad inventory is always there, there aren't enough people advertising on it to really make it competitive. So they can afford to have these people just advertise a ton and... I have never seen my cost per views increase at all since running YouTube ads for years just because there's so much ad inventory and they give us all this free advertising. So it's just mind-boggling when people just don't want to do it because why would you turn down free brand awareness? So this is like the opposite of the Facebook thing. So the Facebook ads problem right now is, of course, that there's loads of people advertising. There's less space in the newsfeed. But because it's like the newsfeed doesn't, can't get bigger, it can't get wider. Whereas if you look at YouTube, there's more video being added all it's the just, time. It's just based on the content that's there, which is ever-growing, isn't it? Yeah, and there's, I have a buddy in the industry, Corey Hankey. I, he you know, triggered a light bulb in my head a while ago, too. Is People go to Facebook to do a ton of different things. Right, you, you want post, you want to check on family, you want to complain about something. People go to YouTube to do one thing: watch video. So if you have an engaging creative and you're targeting the right user, even if that user isn't looking for you at that moment, you're there to plant a seed. So even if they do skip your ad after 10, 15, 29 seconds, I got in front of that user, I have my brand name in front of them, and potentially I could have gotten that awareness for free by targeting the right user. Wow. Okay. So where in the funnel, shall we call it, do, do, do these ads fit in? So can you, do, can you go from cold? Are they better for retargeting? Is it lead generation? Can we go straight to sale? Like, How warm is the audience? It is every single step. So we, we can do top of funnel by... One of my favorite ways to just get in front of users is with YouTube, there are custom intent audiences. So what we can do is we can take a list of keywords that we want to make and they are going to be targeting users who have broad match related search for these queries on google.com. Even if they have no interaction with your brand before, we can create a custom intent audience to reach people for what they've pretty much searched for on google.com. 
So, so if it's someone, got nothing if to do with the video that they're about to watch. It's not like, hey, someone's watching America's Got Talent and I've got something like, I don't know, I sell microphones or something. It's not to do with what they're about to watch. It's about their search history. Is that how, is that how the targeting works? Well, that's just one. We could target certain YouTube channels and certain videos. So you can say if they allow the video ad space. So I, you know, when I, if I see something specific to my industry, I'm going to see if they allow video ad space and then try to get my ad on those specific channels. So you can do but that. I want to re- yes, yes. And you can do customer match and upload your email list. So if you can segment your email list by where that user is in the buyer's funnel, I can change my video creative because someone who has been familiar with my brand before needs to see a different piece of creative, but someone who is totally new to my brand. So you can segment your customer match list. You can do basic video remarketing. You know, someone has visited your website or interacted with your app or whatever, we can go back to them and remarket to them on YouTube. I think a lot of us are really familiar with the Facebook platform. And we know that if we run a video ad on Facebook, we can retarget people. Maybe we'll put a cold ad up, which is a video ad. And then if people watch a certain percentage of that video, we'll then retarget them. It's a common, it's a common strategy. Is it possible to do something similar on YouTube as well, where if they watch a certain percentage of your, your cold front end video, top of funnel video, can you then retarget them later with a, a sort of further down the funnel video? Or does it not work like that? No, yeah, we can, we can definitely do that. So we can create audiences within Google Ads, within the audience manager. So we can create from a, a YouTube perspective, if they watch any video on your channel, we can create an audience from that. We can create an audience from if they watch any video as an ad specifically, we can create an audience from specific videos. If you only want to target one video as an ad to see how this one video performed when I spent money on it, we can create audiences from those. So then we can target to those users on remarketing lists for search ads, RLSA. So if they're going back to google.com, searching for my brand name, I can change up my text ad message because I know that person has seen my video Hmm. and I can change up the message to say, you know, hey, you've seen the video, now try this or something like that. We can also go back to them. Acknowledging and moving them down that funnel. So in terms of the offers, what have you found like for your clients and the people you work with? You've seen a lot of these, probably a lot more than any individual business might. What have you found in terms of offers that work particularly well or convert really, really economically, I suppose? Is it send them to a landing page, get people to register for webinars? Is it go straight to the sale? What works really, really well, just as a general rule of thumb to begin with? Yeah, I, I typically encourage my clients to do some sort of action. So they, YouTube has a few extensions or add-ons to these campaigns that you can add. If you're e-commerce, you can have a true view for shopping campaign where they're watching the video and up to six products from your merchant feed can show alongside the video. So people can see an ad and then they can actually look at products, click on that product, go to the product page on your website and potentially buy it right there. Or at least if you get that user to go to that product page, now I know what product they looked at. Now we can hit them back later on with some dynamic remarketing if we feel that user was engaged enough. Um, from the B2B standpoint, there is now a call to action extension or while the video is played, there's a, a short little banner below the video with a call to action, like you can say, learn more, free demo. And those are the things that we've seen work the best is giving away something for free because you are interrupting what the experience that the user intended to do was to you know watch a music video, watch a cat video. So if I'm interrupting their experience, I have to make that time worthwhile. So one, they don't skip it, but two, that they actually want to visit it. So giving away something for free, you know, a demo, a white paper, something, that is what we've seen work best to drive that user to the website. Got it. And do we get stats on how, on the sort of skip rate and stuff? Yes. Yeah. We get the view through rate. We get the percentage of 
how long that user watched the video from 25, 50, 75, 100% of your ad, um, your typical cost per view. And then there's a, a huge component that I think people, video marketers who do YouTube often overlook. They're the earned metrics. So these are any actions that users take after they interact with your video ad. So these are how many people liked your video, liked other videos, liked, uh, subscribed to other videos, commented, shared them, add your videos to the playlist. All these additional actions users take after they watch your video ad are all free. And we can see how much of these earned metrics people do so we can get a good understanding of user engagement. And then the benefit is, is that we can also create remarketing audiences from these earned metrics, additional engagements that users take, and then come up with next step marketing tactics to get that user back to your site somehow. I just want to pick up on that for a second, just so I can completely get my head around it. So let's imagine that you are running an ad on uh, somebody's website. So let's, let's say there's, uh, somebody has a YouTube channel that's in your niche, it's in your industry. Uh, you choose to run an ad on their videos. So, so somebody's watching their video, but your ad pops up first. So they get to watch you for a bit and they watch the ad. Maybe they click the button, it takes them over to a landing page and they opt in and do stuff. Are you suggesting that at that point, somebody will end up on your may end up going back and looking for your channel somewhere? Or are you suggesting that they, that they would get there from the ad somehow? How does that... In order for them to go and like you, subscribe to your channel, watch more videos, favorite them, etc. How do they get from the ad to that bit, I guess? Yeah. So, I mean, just even after watching the ad, they don't necessarily have to click on a certain element, just any sort of engagement with my ad. So if they see one ad and then they go back to my channel, they subscribe, they watch a few other videos, they like or comment on any of my other videos, we're going to tally keep track of every single one and Google's going to do that automatically for us. Really, really cool. Now, one of the things that stopped me from doing YouTube video uh, ads up to this point is actually just knowing what the hell the video should be. So yeah. do you find it's best to have the video be like a highly produced TV style advert with cameras and cutaways and B-roll? Or do you find that actually for people who are selling like information products and coaching and stuff that the best route is just to have a direct to camera, almost vlogger style Thing. What, or, what like a, or like even like a, like a PowerPoint or a keynote. I mean, yeah. that's also an option, isn't it? Just before you answer this, Rob, I think the thing we know a bit about marketing, I feel like a total beginner all over again. Like, this is I'm great. I'm really like, <laughs> is YouTube spelled with a capital U or a little U? Yeah, yeah, this is literally like... I have no idea what we're talking about. But, 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 Cap- capitalize the T. Just so you know. Uh, the T and the tube needs to be capitalized. It's one of those little things that just irks me. It's like, no, it's capitalized. Capitalize the yes, tube. I, I can see that. Yeah, as a bit of a, a grammar <laughs> myself. Um, I mean, like, I mean, but yeah, seriously, like, again, we'll come back to the question in a second, but I am in a position where I'm thinking, screw it, I'm going to go and run this in my business next week and just give it, a, give it a go. So yeah, like, what should the video look like? Should I just stick up a camera and be recording it direct to camera? Should we be making some highly produced thing? What, what works best? Keep in mind that most likely, the, unless you run a specific, you know, the, there's the six second ads that you can't skip. That's a that's a format that advertisers can take. But if you're, let's just say you plan on doing like a thirty second uh, in stream ad, keep in mind that user has the option to skip after five seconds. So if you're not capturing that user's attention within that five seconds, most likely they're going to skip. Yeah, you don't pay for it, but was it really? worth your time and that impression share. So you have to have an engaging video format within that first five seconds and make that user want to keep watching. Now, when I say what exact format do you need, that's hard to say. But I mean, typically if someone's just... I've seen it so many times, just very boring, dry, B2B, the CEO behind the desk just start talking right away. It's, that, that's boring. You know? And we've seen certain clients test out a few different varieties. You know, they, they make one video, but they edit it 
a few different ways so we can test these ads against each other, see what captures that user's attention within that first five to 10 seconds. And then, okay, this is the one that people like the most. Let's see how we can build upon it and try to edit it in a different way to keep that user going to 100% as much as possible. So I guess to put that into context, let's imagine you're running ads into like a webinar registration page, for example. You might record a video, which is you talking direct to camera with a big sort of headline type, like a sales video, a headline at the beginning that says, you know, grabs their attention, starts to reel them in and it's just that. But then you could take the same video and you could overlay a bit of B-roll at the beginning. So they hear your voice starting to do the, the catchy bit, but actually they see you getting out of a Lamborghini or, you know, whatever your thing is. So I guess like you're able to record a video once and then make Getting it off the into bus. yeah, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then make it into a few different things. That's that's really cool. And so you mentioned that at this sort of thirty second thing a few times. Is that because you can have YouTube videos, YouTube ads that are longer than that, can't you? You can, yeah. You you can run it for minutes if you want to. We we had a, one of the very. A, first... Is there an upper limit? And also, like in terms of an upper limit that YouTube give you, but also an upper limit you'd consider to be the rule of thumb uh, in terms there, of. There is an upper limit, but to be honest, I, I honestly don't remember it because I I typically never recommend a video over a minute. Right. Um, I want to keep that user engaged. And at the same time, it, it's one, it's easier for me from... I work from an agency side. It's easier for me to just get content from a client if I tell them, just keep it a minute or less or 30 seconds or less. Um, but I mean, personally, performance-wise, I've seen you know 30 seconds or less work really well from it from an action standpoint and getting that user to to do what we want them to do to get them to the next phase. Very cool. We're going to pick up on what that video might look like in just a second. But first, we want to roll into our first game of the episode. Now, Joe, as we said before, yes. you were a DJ on Hard Rock Radio. And so what we've done is we've pulled together a list of a bunch of hard rock genre songs. And so what's going to happen is we're going to read them out, but there's going to be a blank in it. So uh, you're going to have to fill in the blank, but a little bit of a twist. Yes, the twist is, the first blank, we want you to say the word marketers. So whatever the song title is, the blank, you're going to say marketers. On the Deal. second one, we want you to get, we, we want your answer to be the answer you would have given to the first one. So you're always answering the blank of the answer behind. Now, this is not only fun, but it's not quite as easy as it sounds. No. <laughs> I, really I have is. a feeling I'm going to embarrass myself right now. <laughs> oh, no more than Rob does every day when he walks out the house. <laughs> so, I'm going to see how many of these you can get in okay. one minute. So I'm going to oh restart okay. the thing. Here we go. Here we... So the first one will... The answer will be marketers. Okay. Deal. Pour some blank on me. Marketers. Highway to... Sugar. Enter. Hell. Very good. Smoke on the... Sandman. It's the final... Water. <laughs> Welcome to the... Oh, it's, well, it's Countdown. Yes, yes, but yes. I'm... Welcome but to I'm... the Countdown. Bohemian... Nightmare. Welcome to the jungle. Oh, oh, jungle. Yeah, it's jungle. That's it. Bohemian jungle. I thought that's what you were saying. <laughs> Living on a rhapsody. Rock you like a prayer. I believe in a thing called hurricane. Since you've been love. <laughs> Blank 
hard. Gone? Yes. There we go. Yes. <laughs> Full house. Man. <laughs> I had a little help. You guys helped me with that one. I was like, God, I had to forget guns and roses. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That you was awesome. Absolutely brilliant. Woo. Okay. Let's drag you kicking and screaming back into this. So we talked about the different <laughs> styles style of ad we could run on YouTube. What is a good formula for what, how we should split up that time? How does it need to start? How, what's that middle look like? How does the end go? What's the formula for an ad? That's beautiful. There is no set recipe. Because oh, wow. I've worked with... I've worked with clients within the same industry, not at the same time, but you know, I've switched agencies a few times and uh-huh. it's crazy how clients within the same industry, pretty much almost selling the same stuff can have totally different performance or the way their audience engages with the video is totally different. So some audiences, depending on how the brand wants themselves to be perceived and how they want the brand themselves, are they, are they more of a cool and fun brand? Are they a serious brand? That video creative can really make a difference of that audience may like the humor one, but a different brand who pretty much sells the same stuff, if they're more serious, they, their audience might want, no, just, just give me the answer to my solution right now. So it's, it's, it's testing that out and seeing what your audience likes. And if you already have organic YouTube content, you, or you have a lot of videos on your website, we can have the tracking and see what your current audience who views your videos already, what they like, how they engage. There's anyone who has a YouTube channel can have YouTube analytics. Just go to your YouTube studio. And it's, it used to be YouTube analytics, but it's the YouTube studio beta now. And they give a lot of great analytics of how users are currently finding your videos, how they're currently engaging with it, how long they're watching each of the videos. So take that idea of what's already working if you already have that video content and then bring that over to your ads a little bit, but just don't copy everything specifically. Right, right. And in terms of like where, where we take people, do, can you do, do you think you can use YouTube ads as every touch point in a funnel to move people from cold to purchase? Or do you think YouTube should just be one element that you might do cold on YouTube and then you should do the retargeting on another platform and then do email? Like, do you think it fits the whole thing? It definitely fits the whole thing with a big if. If you have the creative to change the message up every single phase of the funnel. Because one thing I I always tell people or clients when they say what type of video we need, I was like, do you like to see the same TV commercial three times in a day? And mostly it's like, no, no, that's annoying. I was like, okay, so imagine if you only have one video creative and you're using it for every step of the funnel and you're not switching anything for months, you're not going to help your cause. You're going to tick a lot of people off. So it's yeah. if you have the creative to change that message up and you can constantly engage that user every step of the funnel, one, they could just fall in love with your brand if your video is, is great and it's engaging and it's, it could be funny, it could be entertaining. You're just building lifelong brand, but you're also helping that user make the decision. So I'm getting a load of great ideas here, both inspiration to actually want to do it in the first place, but also some ideas to know like what the hell, what the hell I should be doing. But let's talk about for someone like me or our listeners who aren't doing this yet, who just wants to dip their toe in the water and give this a go, give it a shot, give it a test. Let's talk through some initial steps. Like, so we've got a YouTube channel, happy days. We've created a Google ads account, happy days. Now what? You have to link those two together <laughs> if, if you want to get the stats on well, those. But you just asked for the where's the get customers button, basically. <laughs> that's it. Um, that, that's another tough question too. If, if you don't have an idea of what your current 
audience likes, I would look at to see if you could test out remarketing or customer match because that's going to give you a really good idea of your current users or your current site visitors, what they like to see. Um, and then from there, again, you can get some free uh, brand awareness from that one too, potentially if they're seeing other videos. And just measure that initial engagement from your current users. That's going to give you a good idea of what these users typically like to see and how they engage with your brand right now. Okay. Okay. What's been for you like a, a big frustration that you find a lot when running YouTube ads? Like what really sort of is one of those things you go, this is the bit you have to be aware of? Because I'm sure like we're enthusiastic, we're excited about it, but like give us a bit of a heads up. Like just guys, be aware that this bit is bloody annoying. There is a ton of fine print within the Google support areas of YouTube uh, where you think your videos are being shown aren't actually being shown. So we talked about choosing specific placements. Um, there is, you can also have... Another thing that people don't know is that you can have your videos shown up on a lot of websites. Not necessarily... They don't have to be just on YouTube. They're called video campaigns in Google for a reason. They're not YouTube campaigns. They're video campaigns because we can put them on a lot of different websites that are part of Google's display network. So a lot of people think, oh, this website would be perfect for me. I want to put my video on there. So but when you're building the campaign, Google just gives you a list of all the websites that are part of their display network. They don't tell you which websites have video ad placements. So if you select websites that you think are great for your brand, but those websites don't have video ad placements, Google's going to ignore that placement targeting completely and then just show your video with whatever other targeting layers you have on it. Yeah. So that's why people think like, oh, I, I selected these specific websites and YouTube channels. But if you're not eligible to show on them, just going to show it on whatever's in the default. And if you don't have any other safety net targeting there, it opens a floodgate and they're just showing it to whoever. So that's why you can waste a lot of money. And that's why I hear a lot of people say it doesn't work because they didn't read the fine print. Hmm. And to get started, what is a reasonable budget that you think, you know, if you haven't got at least this amount, you're pretty much wasting the investment. So what would you say is like a minimum investment you should be looking at for dipping that toe in the proverbial water? I mean, it, assuming you have the video creative already, yeah. um, and e even for the very small mom and pop shops, you have a video camera on your phone. So don't say I can't get video creative because anyone can get video creative now. Um, you know, we've, we've run stuff. I've run stuff for personal friends of mine and everything for literally just 10, 20 bucks a day. You know, wow. and these are really, really small businesses, but you don't have to spend a lot. And then we're, we, we slowly grow once we see some engagement and once we see some brand lift coming from our search campaigns, then it gives us the opportunity to be more confident in putting some more budget to it. So I, if you're a bigger company and to me, if, if you're spending money on, radio commercials, and I'm knocking my... Yes, I am knocking my former profession. But if you're spending money on radio commercials, billboards, yellow pages, all that type of stuff, you need to start shifting that over to video where we can actually engage users on you know, the second largest search engine out there. So I mean, to me, you don't need to have a certain budget, um, especially you want to test it out. It just all depends on how many people you want to reach. Now, we do keep bringing this up, but obviously both Kennedy and I are much more familiar with Facebook ads. And I know that we've covered it on quite a lot of episodes of the podcast so far, or a few episodes of the podcast so far. And YouTube, this is, this is our first sort of soiree into YouTube from the podcast 
perspective. Cool. So here's the question, I guess, is in Facebook, if you think about the way the campaign structure works, is you have a campaign that is designed to achieve a goal. Within that, you have your ad sets where you'd set your targeting. And then within each ad set, you have your sort of ads. How does that compare to what the structure of a YouTube campaign looks like? Is it just one campaign with some ads in it? Like, How does that actually structurally, if you were to like hierarchy it out on a piece of paper, what does that look like? Yeah, t- typical Google, your daily budgets are set at the campaign level, not at the ad group level. So uh, I, for the most part, I set up my targeting method. So if I, assuming I have one video creative and I use like the, the branding campaign objective in mind too. So what is the goal of this campaign? Okay, if it's more awareness, that's going to be in its own campaign. And then each of my ad groups are going to be a different breakouts of the different targeting methods. So in one, I could do a custom intent audience. The other ad group, I could do an in-market audience of display for research mode. I can do basic keywords and toppings if I really want to open up the floodgates a little bit. That's typically how that is structured. Now, I mentioned TrueView for shopping for e-commerce people where you can show your you know, merchant feed products alongside yeah, your video. That amazing. That is totally different because the, the product selection for your video campaign is only set at the campaign level, not the ad group level. And you can only select up to 10 manual products at a time. So if you want to test out a bunch of different products, you're going to have to create a lot of different campaigns, which is different than a normal YouTube structure. But typically, I have one campaign broken out by different targeting options. Unless I need to... If I find out one that targeting option works really well and I want to give it its own budget, then I'll break that out into its own campaign and let it run on its own. Super cool. Now, Joe, we're going to take a second little interlude here in the podcast and we're going to play our second game of the episode. Yes. Here's how it works. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song, but he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub or club singer, which means that some of the words may be somewhat confused and disguised. Your job, Joe and dear listener at home, is simply to guess what song Kennedy sings. I think that's one of the best ones you've done. Thank you. Oh my God. Like, what he's trying to say to us is bloody obvious. Do the chorus one more time. All right. There we go. I got it. I needed that. I needed that third time. You give love a bad name. Yes. Man. Yes. I, I, every single time he did it, it the, the light bulb got a little brighter. I was like, I know this song. I need I one more. I know. Once you realize you know it, and then you, <laughs> you're like, I just need to figure where it is in my head. Got a pop joint. Yep. The Hall of Fame here. The Hall of Fame. <laughs> what I want to know, I'm just thinking about, I'm now like obsessing now over these YouTube ads. So let's look at the different targeting. Op- you start talking about some targeting options you ha- we have got, right? Let's go through those different type of target, target options. Because again, I'm very familiar with the Facebook thing. We keep talking about that. What are the options inside of YouTube? Oh man, how much time do we got, guys? Oh really? Um, is that, is that diverse? Yeah. Yeah, well, so we we um, we already talked about remarketing. You can do customer match from your email list. Um, the custom intent one is one I'd recommend everyone to start with right away. Come up with a bunch of list of keywords, and then it's going to broad match target users who have searched for similar terms on Google.com. So that's a great one. So options we have for custom intent are. Your, your keywords in Google Ads, take your converting search queries, take your converting keywords, 
what are what are people you know buying or signing up already? Create lists off of those and then target users who are potentially searching for those on Google.com who may not have known your brand. Because if they're searching for keywords that are already converting within your regular Google Ads campaigns, I want more of those. Right. So I want to get in front of those people first. Um, there's a lot of different options we do with custom intent too. We do localized terms. If you are more of a brick and mortar type stuff, we want to segment those out. Uh, e-commerce people look into your product performance within your Google Analytics or your internal CRM. What are your most popular products or what products make you the most, most money? Create a custom intent audience off of those and try to get more of those users. What do you and mean then, custom intent audience? Can you just define that and pull that out for me a little bit? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so there's another targeting option called in-market. So these are people that Google considers are more in the research mode. They are actively looking and researching certain products or services. So they have a certain default list of in-market audiences, but some of them are so broad, depending on how uh, you know, niche your industry might be, you might need to create your own in-market audiences. And that's where these custom intent ones, because we can, we can make these audiences with whatever keywords or URLs we want. So, so it's, it, it's, they, they, they can, come down to URLs that they visit and keywords. Yeah, if they're searching for YouTube, it's if they're searching for those on Google.com. Hmm. Wow. So Wait. then there's a, there's, a, there's a different one called custom affinity where these are users who have shown interest in the past. They, they might not be in active research mode. So it's kind of that one step down of intent, really good for awareness. But we can create, again, custom audiences based off of user interest in certain keywords, topics, or URLs. So this is a really good one to create a lot of custom infinity audiences based off of maybe your competitors' URLs. If, if people have shown interest in these URLs in the past, they're probably also interested in my company too. So I can create an audience off of those and try to get in front of those users. We've done that before with certain uh, like conventions or trade shows that you, your business might go to. If people are interested in all these different trade shows or conventions, they might be interested in yours too. So create another one off of those. And a lot of different areas of what people use with your product. So an example I like to use is had a client who was selling golf clubs. So yes, we can go after a bunch of golf club terms, but how about we go after terms of people who are interested in and have searched for how to swing a golf club, how to improve my golf swing and all that thing. So if people are looking for ways to actively improve their golf game, I know they play golf and they need clubs to play golf. So I want to get in front of user action interests as well. So as we sort of start to wrap this up, I've got one question really, which is when people want to run YouTube ads, is it something where they should kind of get it to a certain level by themselves and then maybe look to take this to an agency? Or is this something where really you need to like, just make your funnel and then come along to an agency and let well, them an do agency the take it, take it from zero. Are you looking for like people who've already begun? Yeah, oh yeah. We, we like to work with people who, see the benefit of, of, of video because we are in this stuff day in, day out. I read blogs daily, morning and night. I check on, on so many industry blogs to know what is changing. I did a presentation on YouTube last week at SMX West in San Jose. Google made an announcement about bidding thing and already my YouTube presentation was out of date within a week of presenting. Hang on, Joe. Are you suggesting that Google change things sometimes? Oh, yes. Yes. Isn't that weird? (laughs) (laughs) In this fast, I mean, you guys probably see it with Facebook too. You know, if they said you're in Facebook a lot, it's this industry changes so much. So if if you want someone who's constantly going to be aware of what's changing and going to know what's going to be best and it's going to monitor your account seen from past experiences, knowing where to optimize first, that is where an agency or someone who's 
you know, whatever in-house or whatever who can do this for you on the side, fine. You know, that is where you're going to see the benefit. If you're a person who wants to let it run, you know, wipe your hands and walk away for a couple months, that's where you're going to waste a lot of money. That's where you're going to see it fail. So, um, if you don't want to ma- handle it, you need to have an agency or some advertiser running this for you. Yeah, totally. Joe, that's been absolutely awesome, man. Thank you so much for sharing all that with us. Look, we're going to head into what we lovingly refer to as the quick fire round. Hey, hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. So first of all, Joe, give us a book that you recommend. Um, I had a couple of friends from Microsoft send me a book called The Non-Obvious. It comes out every year, but the 2018 edition was the first time I've ever heard of it or got, got it. Um, it's about looking at trends, marketing trends from the, the, the past up until now. So a cool part about this book is the guy at the end, when he started writing this in like 2011, 2012, he lists every single year in the past of predictions of marketing trends. And, and then he grades them based on those predictions of did this last? You know, how did this work? So there's it, been a lot of cool stuff to see how much he's gotten right. And even when he admits that he was wrong, that this is not a trend to look out for. And it is, his grading is, is pretty consistent. So it's, wow. I thought it was just extremely interesting to kind of see, because I didn't really get into this industry until 2012. And I didn't really pay attention to a lot of the trends until a couple of years later. So to kind of see of where the marketing industry has gone until now and where you know, he thinks it's going to go, um, I just found it to be a pretty damn good read. The non-obvious. What would be one of your top success habits? Something that you do regularly? Um, I since I do write and speak a lot, um, I try to dedicate a certain amount of time myself just to educate myself and keep those skills up to chop. Because one, when you when you write and speak, you have to be up to date. If you're in front of a crowd of a couple hundred people and you say something wrong. That that is and that has never happened to me before, but that's because I, I purposely put time aside to make sure I'm keeping up to date. One, it's good for myself, but it's also good for my clients. I work on a full load of client accounts as well. Mm-hmm. And you have to spend that extra time to know what's changing and know what's new. We already talked about all these changes within YouTube itself within like a week. Um, it's just benefiting myself and, and, and my career. And also, it's really going to benefit my clients. Great. Who do you look up to? Oh, there is a huge slew of marketers that I've looked up to. Um, a lot of the original people on on Twitter, there's a, a Twitter chat every Tuesday. I'm in US Central Time, so it's 11 a.m. that time. Um, there's a hashtag on Twitter called PBC Chat. I haven't participated as much lately just due to being busy, but I met some of the smartest paid marketers out there who I still learn from to this day. So if Anyway, if any of them are listening, that they've all helped me and, and still help me, and it's just a group of friends I've been able to reach out to whenever I want with any help or issues that they can help me solve. And it, it's pretty much the PBC community is one of the most open and helping communities out of any industry I've heard of. That's amazing. That's really nice to hear that, isn't it? What are yeah. your sort of favorite apps that you think are like running your life or just brilliant right now? I I love the Digit app. I don't know if you guys are familiar. No. With that one, it is, uh, it's just pretty much like a money-saving app. You connect your bank account to it and you kind of ignore it. And then every day, they take out a little bit of money. So whether you want to pay off a credit card or you want to just save up for a vacation, which is what I'm using it for right now, I have pretty much next family vacation paid up for because it just takes out money from your bank account a little bit, you know, anywhere from like, you know, six bucks to like 
10, 20 bucks every single day, depending on how much money is in your account, and you just forget about it. And wow, then also you open it. Stuff for me. It's pretty good. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, big important question here, Joe. Who do you like more, Redhead Rob or Platinum Kennedy? Hmm. Hmm. Who is who was singing? That was Kennedy. Kennedy. <laughs> that was Kennedy. I'd have to give Kennedy. Yes, oh, it's the right answer. I- Finally, tell us <laughs> where can folks go to find out more about you, Joe? Um, I am on Twitter all the time. So my Twitter and Instagram handle is at Milwaukee PPC. Um, I'm sure you guys, I, I, I'm on Twitter a lot. And then LinkedIn, uh, you can find me. It's, it's Joe Martinez PPC is the end of the URL for that one. Awesome. The links to all of those places are, of course, in the show notes, which you'll find over at blog.responsebeat.com, where Grace has put them all clean and tidy and polished and nice. Joe, thank you so much for joining us on Free Marketers Walking with Podcast. It was a pleasure. I had a lot of fun, guys. Thank you. It's been great. YouTube ads are really underused, I think. Like they're really misunderstood. People think it's probably quite complicated and quite difficult. And that way they stick to Facebook ads and a bunch of other stuff. Even when it's even when they're finding it hard, even when it's losing money. Do you think one of the reasons is that we see a lot of a lot of YouTube ads from like big professional businesses where you think, oh, that's a really smooth ad. Like I see a lot from like the likes of website building companies like Wix and stuff like that, or Grammarly are obviously know how terrible my grammar is, so they're constantly advertising to me. And they ads are like really professional. Yeah. And the truth is, you can see more and more people are starting to switch on to this because you can actually just make these ads yourself and that's absolutely fine. And they probably convert pretty well. Yeah. I mean, if you think about some of the big giants in the marketing industry, the internet marketing world, a lot of them are making very sort of low budget ads where they're just holding their phone out at arm's length in a selfie, selfie style. And, and the truth is, because of the context of YouTube, that probably works really, really, really well because most people who are watching YouTube are watching some kind of homemade, quote, air quotes here, uh, a solution, some kind of homemade content. So it's either like a screen grab or a presentation or a vlog or something like that. Cause there's a lot of those sort of YouTubers doing reviews and stuff. So it probably fits right into the context in terms of not taking people out of that zone. So that they go, Oh, ad alert. You can probably see it more as sort of content in, in the feed as well, in stream. Yeah, I reckon this, this episode will really, really have motivated and inspired listeners to go and do YouTube ads. I know it has for me. Yeah. And so I'd love to know what your big takeaways are as well. Make sure that you go and leave us a review. Let us know what you thought about Joe's episode. Tell us what uh, inspired you. Just head over to responsesuite.com forward slash iTunes to do it there. Or, or if you're on any other podcast player, go and head over there. If you're not on iTunes, another like No. If you missed anything in this episode, we've put together all of the show notes for you, links to everything that Joe mentioned as well, which you'll find over at blog.responseweek.com forward slash zero five three. That's it for this week. Remember, tweet us your big takeaways as well at responseweek if you fancy. But hey, reviews are what we're really after. So do, your, do, do us a solid and do that. All right, speak next week. Don't miss a thing. Miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responseweek.com.